Hi, I'm Nick Fastanek. And I'm Drew Haskins, and you are listening to Smize Queens, the number one America's Next Top Model recap podcast. We are back. We are hitting 200 in the butt. What? And we have a wonderful guest today. Um, he is a writer for the upcoming FX show, Why the Last Man. It is John McDonough. Hello. Hi, John. Hi. Thank you for being here today. I'm so happy. Number one. Wow. Yeah, number one. Number one. Um, so talk to us. Like, what is your experience with Top Model? Like, I mean, being a, a millennial human person in America who is very gay, I obviously watched a ton of it growing up. Um, it was a go-to, like, if I could find a marathon while I was sick, that was just, like, the best day. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've seen a ton. I haven't revisited it in a while. It was an interesting experience to go back to because, oh my God, the fashion industry is evil. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's I, I have such a complicated relationship with Tyra Banks in my heart um, that I'm happy to explore here with you today. I trust that you'll do a good job because you like had a really deep cut as your like memorable bit of when they are sent off to Seoul. It's, it was so bonkers. So like, yeah, it's like very late on Tyra Banks after the elimination wheels out a plate of like fried chicken and mashed potatoes and like goes on for like three minutes about how much she loves soul food and everyone just stands there looking really uncomfortable and then she's like, quiz, we're going to Seoul, South Korea. And then they're all like, okay, this was the weirdest way you could have possibly gotten here. <laughs> she and it was a delightfully wonderful moment that I cherish in my heart. Oh my god. I haven't seen that cycle, actually. I think it's the only cycle of Top Model I have not seen, and I'm really excited to get to that, because that sounds crazy. Um, what we are here to talk about today is cycle three, which has a soft spot in my heart, because this is the first cycle of Top Model I ever saw. I think it's the first one I saw too, question mark. I don't know for sure, but I think it is. It's the first one I remember watching. Yeah. I think you can make a pretty good argument that this is the beginning of Top Model's imperial phase as a show. Like, the ratings were super high for this season. Like, definitely a cultural phenomenon. And out of the first three winners of the show, the Cycle 3 winner, who I don't know if we want to, like, immediately spoil who it is, like... She's probably the most successful of, like, the first three we've had. Oh, sure. Um, this is also the first season with a, a entirely casting episode. Um, so now we're really getting into the structure that we know best. Um, and that's fine. I love these casting episodes. Like, I, I mean, this being the first cycle I saw, like, I really liked how they kind of ease us into it. Like, you are inundated with all of these like to borrow the parlance of the show like young hopefuls <laughs> who are about to have their hopes like absolutely dashed on the rocks of Tyra Banks and it's uh it's really fun um I also love the intro videos that they do like at the beginning of each cycle um I thought Tyra's hair looked like a backwards p like the letter p <laughs> In this one like because it was like a swoopy like lion's mane and then it went straight down on one side only like it was like like count Vaughn. wait no count on count wasn't the letter one 
Who is the Sesame oh. Street letter guy? No, it, it was just like a, the Sesame Street was always brought to you by the letter something. Right? Oh, it was advertising. It was something like that, but it... <laughs> Remember when um, Cycle 1 was brought to you by the letter W for letting it wet? Yeah, <laughs> for wet. That was, that was our Sesame Street <laughs> moment that we were running with for a bit there. So one thing I noticed right off the bat is that the contestants this cycle seem a lot more aware uh, that they are on TV. Like, there are people who have, like, quirks and gimmicks. And this is where we talk about Baby the teddy bear. <laughs> I mean, in general, I think everyone was aware that they were on TV more. The big thing I thought about Tyra's opening was she's just, like, full-on supervillain. I realize now that I have a huge television show and you can't touch me. And it was... Glorious. And then, yeah, everyone walks in, like, ready for the reality TV moment. We've got a teddy bear. We've got a secret. We've got all this stuff just, like, ready to pop off. Eva's a full asshole. She's ready to be on TV. It's yeah. great. People come in really hot this cycle. like, And that definitely extends to, like, everyone, like, catwalking through the hotel lobby. <laughs> like, oh, on the, the Le Meridian <laughs> on, like, La Cienega. On restaurant Yeah, Rio. like, south of the stinking rose. <laughs> yeah. You know Yaya was hitting that... Fogo de Chao with her <laughs> respeto ass. Um, one thing I noticed too about like this cycle, like across all three episodes, has a fascination with like hotel buffets and like those like heat plates and stuff. Um, those like ter- like the big terrines. Like, they will, like, lusciously pan over it like it's a Rachel Ray episode. I have a theory about this. And my theory is that early Top Model got so much criticism about how much the girls were eating that this was all a bounce back of, like, look, they're eating. Look how much food I, we I have. I thought the same thing. Which is why we get, like, a loving shot of, like, hotel lobby cheesecake with, with a caramel drizzle. And, that we see nobody but, take a bite of. And right off the bat, too, we get, like, an eating disorder storyline. Like, with within Amy. 15 minutes. Right. Yeah. Who is, I mean, once again, like, we do not like talking about women's bodies on this show. But, like, I mean, it... She's a very, very, very thin woman. We we support women here, but not to the extent that, like, Anne is supporting Eva right away. They already <laughs> have a top two packed, and they just walked in the door. <laughs> Nick, did you have thoughts on Anne's, like, overtly butch energy? <laughs> yeah, because I have a crush on her. <laughs> um, which is a, a, a telling sign <laughs> of... of I guess, very masculine energy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So all the girls are, like, eating their hotel lobby cheesecake, like, before, like, the casting's even begun. They're getting to know each other. Like, the Anne-Eva alliance is in full swing. And Tyra shows up in this, like, juicy fruit couture, like, boardwalk (laughs) airbrush, like, handkerchief hem dress, and immediately insults everyone from a rural town (laughs) by calling them, like bluegrass ohio which (laughs) makes no sense ohio is not the home of bluegrass i don't know what is going through tyra's uh, mind and also her hair this season is bad we should just say it yeah every hair she is wearing in any of these three episodes is bad i don't know if it gets better um but this hair was the most egregious to me this is kind of the middle the middle part so to speak of her dalliance with like this kind of rust red color um I don't know if it's a full fire engine red or an I Love Lucy red, but it's like she carries it through to the next cycle and then I believe ditches it for five. For five. Yeah. Um, 
Because in like the Tiffany, like the cycle for Tiffany speech, she has like a, like a Rosie O'Donnell haircut basically in that red shade. And it's, I mean, it's like being yelled at by your mom. Like it definitely heightens the effect. Um, one thing I did want to point out by, like also in this speech, she mentions like that the name brand supermodel is dead right now. And then it, that it's like Jennifer Lopez's and Jennifer Aniston's on the cover of our magazine, which I think is a good segue to this week's hot button controversy um, <laughs> of Jennifer Aniston's In Style cover in which she, like, it's not quite blackface, but she is tanned within an inch of her life. Like, do you guys, have oh, you guys seen this cover? I have not seen Okay, let me pull it up. It. Vamp for a little bit. It is really interesting when she's talking about this, like, we want to bring the supermodel back because she fully fails. She never does. The supermodel is not back, but then, like, mm-hmm. Instagram's a thing, and I just really would love to know Tyra's thoughts on that one day. Um, if we could just get her on as a guest so she can tell me what she thinks about Instagram modeling, that would be really useful to me. Well, in later cycles, she kind of does... Oh, I don't... Okay. I'm not disabling my ad block to look at this photo. Hold on. Um, you know, in, in later cycles like she definitely goes like more off about like instagram and social media to the social media void oh. i've put a pulled up jennifer from the block oh boy <laughs> yeah i like isn't that crazy what what is happening with her eyeballs that's not what her face looks like no that, someone doesn't. did something to this picture um, I have to give credit to Ira Madison on Twitter for pointing out that Jennifer Aniston in this InStyle cover photo looks like that girl from Dexter's Lab with like Didi. the blonde, no, not Dee Dee, the one with the blonde pigtails who's like super tan. Okay, just go oh, to Ira wow, Madison's Twitter because like the photo is so spot on, it's unbelievable. But um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so moving, I guess moving back, um, we I'm, start to get to know the contestants like in the... And they're like one-on-one interviews. Right. Um, you mean for the panel, where this is the yeah. first time we're being introduced to the pairing of Mr. and Mrs. J. Is this the first time the they articulate? The dichotomy articul- here. Yeah. This is the first time they articulate that dichotomy. Yeah. Um, Which I love. I mean, like more Miss J in anything. Like she's a great, gives great critiques and she's so, so funny. Um and special another crazy Tyra outfit, like her like mauve pink milkmaid outfit with like the ruffly lace hem. This one I like, not because it's good. I just like it. It looks like um, there in season two of Project Runway. There's a lingerie challenge where Santino Rice's team designs like la- like a lingerie set based off of Heidi the milkmaid from like that book Heidi. <laughs> And it looks like someone took a bra and like decorated like a gingerbread house, and that's kind of what this outfit. <laughs> well, they like let this fly, me. but they later come down on Christy Gromit for her. She looks like she fell off the dairy truck or whatever. <laughs> I lo- I would love to see Christy and Tyra go into like business as the Daddy Gettles. <laughs> like, <laughs> so the first, I think the first contestant we see is Cassie from Norman, Oklahoma, who gives an insane, like, rehearsed stripper speech where she says, I used to be a trashy stripper. And that no one knows about it except for the viewing audience. 
of she, America. The combination between no one knows I'm a stripper and how quickly she volunteers the information that she's a stripper makes me think that everyone knows she's a stripper. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, for her to... She's also in college, too, she mentions. So, like, I have a tough time believing that, like, no one in her personal life would know this fact. And it just, like, it's a... I mean, Cassie is, like, one of the contestants that does not know she's on television, I feel like. Because she... I mean, we'll get to this later, but she, like, reveals a lot of very private personal information about herself that, like just is not it doesn't seem like it's like handled well on a national platform i think there's an arc of cassie saying things thinking they maybe won't end up on tv before realizing that every word that comes out of her mouth that's scandalous will end up on tv yeah janice goes sounds like an all-american job to me (laughs) (laughs) um who else is notable from these sessions uh julie titus is one of the few south asian contestants um, we actually have two on this cycle, but there really aren't that many, like, within the history of the show. Um, the other being Nargis Fakri, who, like, not to, like, sp- I mean, yeah, like, we'll just get out of the way. She doesn't make it to the actual show itself past the casting special, but you can make a pretty good argument that Nargis is actually the most successful contestant out of any of the like contestants on the franchise like period she after like modeling for a while in new york she actually moved to india and became like a b plus level bollywood star and i have to credit um friend of the pod diddy joshi for this information she's been like acting like pretty steadily this entire decade and if you have seen the movie spy with melissa mccarthy she is in that as like the assassin who fights Melissa McCarthy in the kitchen, which is a pretty big credit for her. I think if you're going to like have the South Asian girls duke it out, it's like a sin not to take Nargis. Yeah, Nargis is gorgeous. Um, She's older though. I think she was like 24 or 25 during the casting special. It's fully a false dichotomy though. They said that a, a lot, never saying it, but always like cutting from one to the other. Like it's going to be one or the other. And it they are such different looking people. They have right. such a different energy. They have such a different vibe. They would book different jobs. I yeah. am very annoyed by the false dichotomy. And they do. As, as would Mary and Takara. Yeah, for sure. The two plus size models this season. Now, Nick, you're more of a Mary apologist, it seems. I, I, I am. Um, I would have chosen Mary and Nargis over Julie and Takara any day. Takara's better television, and I think that's entirely what it came down to. Mary is so nice. Mary spends the whole opening hoping that she and Takara both make it, and you can tell that Takara from Beat One is hoping she is the only plus-size girl so she can make that her moment. yeah. I guess I don't find Takara great television, and maybe I'm saying this from the standpoint of being here in 2019 when we have, like, our Lizzo's, and, like, I just find it a bit tired. Like, I think all that comes out of Takara's mouth is, like, I'm beautiful, I'm fabulous, blah, 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 blah. Like, she's kind of, like, got, like, a one-track mind thing going. I don't know. Maybe that worked in 2004. It certainly hasn't aged well. I can't, I mean, I respond well to it just because I think she is a genuinely funny person. Like, she never really gets into it in the house. Like, and I mean, there's a reason she's one of the more beloved contestants from 
top model period like i believe she was asked back for all stars and said no because she was doing like a bet show i think at the time good for her but like i mean i I like her um i find mary a little bit more sour and i just i mean i think i just have like a a big takara bias so well but like mr j does not say when she released those puppies those were full grown dogs (laughs) they are i mean to to mary (laughs) (laughs) like once again like i don't we can't like i am loath to go too far into talking about these women bodies but takara does have like her boobs are amazing. Boobs. We can Hounds. say it. it's, yeah. it's Hounds. a blessing to our television, and she knows it, and we know it. And I wrote down Takara's boobs like six times yeah. while I was watching this show. Do we want to talk about Brittany? Uh, Who? <laughs> oh, Tiffany. Tiffany. I'm sorry. I wrote down Brittany in my notes. Um, Who's Brittany? <laughs> I don't know. Brittany and T- like uh, they're not that far off. No, uh, Tiffany. We need to talk about Tiffany. Oh, yeah, sure. Tiffany. I mean, Tiffany gets the music cue she deserves. But and then she's, I I love like that this provides us background for later seeing Tiffany on Cycle Four. Well, she can you say legendaric? Um, yeah. Woof. <laughs> she. Ja woof. Ja woof. She was kicked out of high school for fighting, um, where she says she turned into Satan or something. Like she that. said, "I turned into the devil when I got into eighth grade." It feels like they're trying to make us feel conflicted about Tiffany and as to whether we should admire her and uh, appreciate her struggle or not. But I fully am not conflicted. I admire the hell out of Tiffany. Yeah. I think she handles a lot of situations in this episode really well and i respect her efforts to make something of her life and i am a big tiffany fan and she is wearing a crop top that says daddy's girl aspirational behavior but like i mean yeah if a if a white girl threw a drink onto my weave at if barney's I, beanery if, on santa monica boulevard if I'd someone named too. not model <laughs> to highlight, not model that it was like a flashing chiron <laughs> like i loved it this barney's beanery moment is so fascinating to me from like a production standpoint of how was this allowed to happen in that like they brought them to this place with alcohol they brought cameras they didn't make anyone sign <laughs> Sorry, I, I, beautiful engineering. They didn't um, make anyone sign releases. Yeah, they like put them in a situation where everything was gonna pop off, but then didn't seem ready to capture it in a way. Or they all did sign releases and they decided not to use their face. But I don't believe that. Yeah, I'm like, there was a fight on um, Charm School, and like, and I just like rewatch or yeah, rewatched Charm School like a few months ago, and they had a bar fight too, and that. It, like loosely involved like third party people like who weren't contestants on the show and that was like similarly like everything blurred out cut really choppily like you couldn't quite tell what was happening like I don't even think the one on Charm School drew blood like this one did oh right? yeah like they knew it was, it was be... blood though right cause her hair was the same like kind of dark red fuchsia y color that like blood maybe is <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe like, you, Shep. <laughs> like, I'm gay, but I don't do that. But, like, she's like... not getting enough oxygen <laughs> to her brain. <laughs> I don't know why she has fuchsia blood there. Uh, um, someone who, like, lives their whole life in fuchsia is Narelle. 
<laughs> Narelle bleeds. <laughs> a 20-year-old from Newport Beach who might actually be 13 or 14. Um, all of these people are fully children. They are yeah. so young. It is an interesting experience watching this much older than all these people. But Narelle is somehow one of our older contestants, but has yeah. the energy of someone who is six to nine years old. I think the braces the- do mm-hmm. a lot to, like, age her down. And she also refers to them as bling bling, which feels very, like... Newport white girl to me. When, when I see her, I kind of like, she gives me like Ashley Holmes from Housewives of New Jersey meets <laughs> Ashley Simpson. Like, yeah. It's um, like OC. Like, it's it just is like the embodiment of like OC wealth. But then she, but then she also, we said, kind of looks like Casey Musgraves a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Like old Crampton. Who is notoriously not the most photogenic. We cannot speak on this, on this podcast. Like, no Casey slander allowed. Go to Tom's one-hour photo well, on I, Hollywood. Yeah, I think, I think Narelle should be modeling for Tom's one-hour photo. and We should all be. I want to book some, book some sessions there. Um, I liked Narelle's very 2004 tramp stamp as well. Like, it was... Like, you know those, like, jagged, like, swoopy ones or whatever that kind of look like, um, like a, like a truck stop mud flap or whatever? Like, it was kind of one of those. Like, very Tony Hawk underground. Narelle does, like, casually drop this tragic backstory where she didn't know her mother for years and her dad was, like, the worst. But then, like, says it in such a, like, minor, unimportant way. And I'm just very fascinated by the darkness of Narelle's past. Like, that, I mean, families are families, and, but, like, I just didn't. That, like, the whole dynamic seemed really weird. And I don't remember them coming back to this that often, if at all. Like, it just, like, really inexplicable. And then Kelly, who's so annoying. Spelled K-E-L-L-E. She is from Seagate. She's going on about Seagate, which which is is the last gated community in New York. Jeffrey Epstein live there really a notable resident it got like leveled by hurricane sandy too like seagate just seems like a cursed place and kelly is like it's on the first one it's, it's on coney island like kelly is the coney island clown jester you have done it again <laughs> <laughs> like i that's such a what what a what a weird place to live. I didn't know that there was any, like, housing on Coney Island, but, I mean, yep. I haven't ever been. I think Kelly takes the worst photos of any contestant who's ever been on this show. Like, her whole per- portfolio is unusable. Right. Um, Who else do we have? They do kind of, like, a quick cut of, like, the wackier contestants. Like, the girl who, I don't, I don't remember if she has a name, but she, like, is carrying Baby the teddy bear, who gets so much more screen time than that girl does. And then a girl whose name I believe is Natalie, who is like, I can't take the pressure. I want to go home. <laughs> After saying that, like, she's used to be, like, the prettiest girl People in tell me I'm beautiful on a daily basis. It, I think she kind of looks like that girl from the X Factor yes. UK who's like, my sugar walls. That's, that's exactly yeah. who she is. That, like Rachel? she's she, Rachel's the girl who goes, well, they ask her, oh, well, what are you doing? Nothing. I'm lazy at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> She looks just like Rachel. <laughs> Who else do we see here? Um, oh, Leah. Like, we do kind of quick cuts. Like, Leah, who's, like, soccer mom. Like, extremely 2004 eyebrows. 
Um, Yaya, who, yeah, we should talk about Yaya. Yaya's so awesome. For my birthday two years ago, Nick got me a Respechu tank top. In I got Oma. you a Yaya themed package. So I got, I ordered um, Deep Dish flown in from Lou Malnati's in Chicago because she's on Chicago Med. Then I I ordered the tank that says Respecho. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, the re- we will get to that in the next pod episode. <laughs> and then I ordered, which we will get to on the third episode, maybe, um, Umeboshi wine, which is a, a Japanese plum wine. <laughs> in honor of Yaya spinning out the Umeboshi. <laughs> yes. Um, the show has a very interesting relationship with blackness in that I think Tyra often wants to talk about it more than she's allowed to, but it is really refreshing to see someone in a show at this time who is rocking natural hair and who is very upfront about not only being black at all, but the cultural history that goes with that. Yeah, for that sure. was not on television at this time. This cycle does not always treat Yaya super well in that respect too. Like, and like, we'll get to it like in later pod episodes, but like, she is forced to confront her like African heritage, so to speak, by like white guest judges like time and time again. And it's not always like I mean, it's obviously an awful look for the guest judges and And these well, early conversations between her and Tyra though, it feels a lot more uh kindred and a lot less yeah. judgmental and it is nice to see. I love the girl that said, um, my nose is big and beautiful and I can smell things that no one else can. <laughs> what a good way to put it. Yeah. What a good way to put it. Like she's like Cam Jansen or something. Um, I le- love Jennifer's candy necklace. Um, Jennifer from Pocatello, Idaho, who has the longest hair on a woman I've seen since Crystal Gale. And is in like a chunky like yellow pearl bead thing that like I wanted to just like rip off of her and like snack like a sweet tart Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer took us through Pocatello and I I love that dude with the like cut off walking through the parking lot yeah we all he was like in the cowboy shirt jeans like tucked in a um cowboy boots it was cowboy boots like really like showy cowboy boots it was a look and I respected it yeah what I don't respect is the way Jennifer spells her name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't. We have to acknowledge the PH here. It's fully unacceptable. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about that. It makes it look like a medicine. Like when you, I'm looking at the word typed out right now on screen and it's like, like, a, like a medical grade strength, like chapstick or something. Like I'm putting Jennifer on my list. <laughs> I think um, she looks like Emily Simpson from OC. Yeah, absolutely. Um... She also kind of looks like like young like Princess Diaries era Mandy Moore too a little bit, um, just like a wide set jaw. I hate Christy and her MAGA ass. Yeah, like, the original Liberty Natushal. Yeah, her prom dress was an American flag. I can't believe she just had that like ready to go backstage, and it makes it into the like group. Uh, photo at the very end where they, they do the fading out elimination things. A craziness. It's just and Mr. J or Miss J has like when she comes out in the dress he's like well I would have worn a red sparkle shoe <laughs> and that made me laugh. Um, <laughs> there are no good shoes on this episode of America's Next no, Top Model. No it's 2004 like there were no good shoes in the culture at this time. 
Like, I remember in 2004, I was wearing those, like, slip-on, like, Merrill, um, they were, like, sort of hiking shoes or whatever, but they didn't have laces, and you just, like, pulled them on, and you could, like, do sports in them. That was, like, all the rage. Like, we were all just, like, trying to pretend like we were outdoorsy or whatever. Um, speaking of outdoorsy, um, Nicole Borud, one of my favorite contestants this cycle, is a Minot bisexual. <laughs> She's one of two fam- famous-ish people from Minot, North Dakota, along with Josh Dumel. And I feel like we've talked about Josh Dumel a lot on this podcast for whatever reason, but um, yeah, she is also from Minot, North Dakota. Is Nicole Linkletter also? Nicole Linkletter is, I believe, also from North Dakota, but not. I don't think she's from Minot, though. Okay. Um, yeah, Nicole, like, Nicole, like very like bravely yet vaguely says that she's bisexual and that is so fun like love this like dose of queer energy and then last but not least eva has a really weird run-in with tyra like at this casting panel like just coming in really hot eva has such an interesting episode she stands out so much from just the first group shots like you see her and you are like oh yeah that is that is something like she is a force she is a presence um but she is also just a huge bitch and i feel like it is calculated and it is well calculated because it continues on through the season but she tones it down a little bit and she has this moment with tyra where tyra basically says hey everyone thinks you're a huge bitch she's able to cry there's a catharsis it's lovely she has endeared herself to the judges i'm all about it yeah i mean it's like a narrative in one like three minute segment and that's I mean, that's just, like, good, like, branding yourself on TV, like, coming in. But it doesn't seem like that intentional either, though. Like, she just has, like, a very naturally confrontational, like, abrasive personality. And, like, it'll be fun to see her, like, kind of grow up a little bit. Because she's one of the younger contestants, It felt very produced to me that they wanted to play it up. They told her to play it up. They led to this moment. Like, I don't think she knew they were producing this moment, but the moment felt produced. Because Tyra Banks loves to see people cry, and I will never be over Tyra Banks' face while she watches people <laughs> cry. I, she loves comforting people. <laughs> well, I mean, but it, this is centered around the Amy drama where she's talking about how her bones sticking out look nasty. Or... She is aggressively rude to Amy. This was yeah. like such a weird. The way eating disorders are handled on this show is uh, not great. And um, this was this weird time of like, we're acknowledging that eating disorders just exist, but we're not yet acknowledging that they're like a tough emotional problem that people shouldn't be chastised for. It's a physical and mental illness. Like, and like the girls are ganging up on Amy for like having an eating disorder or whatever, like, or like being like supposedly like dishonest about it. Like it does feel very, like that has not aged well at all no um and when it comes back in a couple episodes it's just as bad but amy is cut like in this first round of cuts though basically because of this whole discourse like and i think that's the right decision like i don't think it would have been a good idea to have amy like but but cassie isn't well we don't know cassie i guess we don't know about it yet yeah (laughs) um and you know, it, it's such a it's such a double standard that um, Eva's calling out Amy here, but then Eva gets upset with Amanda for later calling out Cassie. Um, 
There's this yeah. very strange thing happening with Amy wherein I um, will choose to believe her that it is her genetics and that she is trying because she addresses it all. It's not defensive the way she says those things to me. It's very like, I'm aware that I'm super thin and this is like a medical issue I've been dealing with. Um, that that is somewhat out of her control and she is so very um, chastised for it. Where then later Cassie, who does not look visibly... Um, like she has she looks disorder. Healthy. She looks yeah. healthy, but she very much does. Um, that yeah. that is ignored because it's not on the surface. I think it is a larger thing in the show where if we can't see it, we are happy to pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah. That's... Janet doesn't see it. I mean, at some point she says she looks two months pregnant. Yeah, which like which I mean, sets it off. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, I mean, the last thing I like to say about Eva is that she went to middle school on my street. So apparently I grew up with her right down the street at Marina Del Rey Middle School. Fun what fact. an honor. What an honor. In the presence of greatness. <laughs> um, so yeah, they do like a first round of cuts that has a little bit less pomp and circumstance than like some of the other cuts we'll see in later cycles. Like It's like a call sheet basically where they just like write down who's moving on, like 20 people move on. My favorite enough... part of this moment is when Mr. J is telling them it's going to happen. He does this earlier in the episode and does it here where he says like, there's going to be cuts and then some of you will go home, which means you're no longer in the competition because you've been cut. He like keeps explaining what it means that they are sending people home. You can't stay here. You have to leave the competition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, I mean, you know some of these girls, like... I mean, cuts is such a, like, a showbiz term. <laughs> like, you need that it to be spelled out. Um, but, yeah, there is a lot of, like, sturm und drang around the cuts. Like, we say goodbye to Amy. We say goodbye to Tiffany. Um, we say goodbye to she Baby. She looks like she's wearing... Yeah, Baby's Glow gone. bracelet hoops. <laughs> Tiffany Tiffany, does. yeah, when she's, like, sitting. Yeah. I felt bad for her. Like, she just, like, is kind of having a quiet moment to herself. She'll be back, though. She'll be back. And so will Mary, but we'll talk about that. Um, the best moment of these cuts, though, is that Amanda realizes that this is the time to talk about her important secret. <laughs> <laughs> this was a, an amazing moment. And, like, I n remember watching the first time around and thinking, oh, this woman is a star on TV. She is reality television. Yeah. She, like, every talking head she does for the entire run of this, like, is amazing she is so great even just the way she introduces the fact that she has a child and says elijah is my son it's just <laughs> the best thing i've been saying that to people like all day Angelou, like... but, and also her talking heads the background that they give her makes her look like she's in the god is a woman music video to me <laughs> for some reason god is amanda swafford <laughs> And um, her son, Elijah. <laughs> if she wants to start a cult, I will join. I'm Wait, ready. We didn't even tell her what, we didn't even talk about what the speech is about. <laughs> like, so basically she, the eliminated girls are still there saying their goodbyes in, like, Amanda gets up there in this, like, fully, like, attentions, teachers, and students. <laughs> like, and she gives this excellently worded speech about how she is legally blind. And then all the girls immediately, like, gasp and burst into tears. <laughs> they all take it so hard. Earlier, she does, like, during her consultation with the with the judges, they comment on how beautiful her eyes are, and she mentions that her eyes are her greatest strength, but also her darkest secret. It's amazing. And <laughs> the speech, she, like, tells them all that she has seen their faces, and she has seen her son smile, and she doesn't need to see anything else. Don't cry for me. And they all are, for some reason, just weeping for her. Yeah. Meanwhile, she says she's she'll lose her... Um, 
vision completely by around age 30. She's well past age 30, and I think she's backtracked a bit. I saw something like, oh, well, um, the vision just goes in and out and can, like, repair itself. I, I, I don't know what, what is yeah. going on. So then we go to the second round of cuts kind of right away. They take photos with a digital camera like that's anything, and then yeah. they have another conversation. Mr. J is in, in all, like, one of his worst out. And this this three-episode arc, like, he is wearing some of his most heinous shit ever, but, like, this jacket was, like, completely, like, stitched together out of pockets, it looked like. Do you like know what else? They were, like, like, felt. They were, like, felt. Like, yeah, in this, like, eggplant shade. Like, it looked... So, so awful. Um, I would read an oral history of, like, styling Mr. J for the show if yeah. someone wants. I, I find it fascinating. It's, like, a dark crime that they're committing on television, and I am obsessed with it. They're all just garments you look at, and you're like, who designed this? Like, who, like, sketched this? Who thought the concept for this? And then who was like, I want to wear that? Like, it's just, I mean, it's it's bananas i think they just drew a pentagram and the garment appeared and he put it on his body um yeah i mean like (laughs) like to summon him from hell like an outfit that for me that definitely was not summoned for hell is like at the final round of cuts eva is in like this fruit roll-up like scarf top it shouldn't work but it fully it looked really good I kind of, she looked like she was in, like, a Maya music video, though. Like, I loved it. Like, it, it, it went, it was such, it was so fun. I um, also love, I love Amanda's pigtails only because I think she does the two side pigtails because she can only see peripherally. <laughs> <laughs> we are speculating about her retinitis pigmentosa <laughs> in a way that I can't Pigtailosa. Pig- <laughs> okay, okay. Um, my favorite part of the second round of cuts is that they try to convince us that they're gonna send Eva home. Like, they oh, keep yeah. cutting to her. She's the last one called. It's nonsense. Like, I said, she stands out so strongly from the back. Like, we know she's gonna be on the show. And I don't know in what universe they thought that they could convince us they were gonna send her home for being a bitch. Yeah. Like, I mean, she's just such good TV. She's so naturally gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Like, there's just, like, no way... Though I kind of wish they had kept Nargis too, um, but she I mean, gave that nod once Julie Titus was picked. Like, yep, they're not gonna go for a second South Asian model. Yeah. Oh well. Um, and then one of the cut contestants named Rachel, who we see a little bit in like earlier in the episode because of her like dyed hair and that she modeled for Seventeen magazine or and something. And she's from Huntsville, she's... Alabama, oh, yeah. just like I am. Mm-hmm. Um, she's having a huge meltdown in the bathroom, like, like racking sobs. And and Tyra needs her tears. Yeah. She, she smells them. She goes in and this was kind of a harsh speech though. She's like, if it ain't working, like, let's try something else. Like, I, I think this is the only time I can remember Tyra telling a contestant to like quit modeling. Well, no, she tells her to try red hair, which is, like, while wearing some really terrible red hair. And telling, Tyra telling someone to wear red hair is telling them to quit modeling, (laughs) because, like, no redhead, I believe, has ever... No, Nicole Fox. Oh, yeah, but that, like, that, yeah, that's... She doesn't have, like, that, like, short, like, fire engine red cut that, like, Tyra's obsessed with giving, like, time and time again on this show. 
it's a really great moment that I can't figure out why they included her in this bathroom because it's yeah. just like funny and weird. I don't know. It's like it kind of is a downer to end the episode on. And with that, we're going to go cry in the bathroom. Taking a break. We'll be back. Welcome back to Smize Queens here in sunny LA. Oh, wait, N- now we're in New York. What happened? <laughs> Whoa. 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 Whoa! What happened? We're Whoa. in New York now. What happened here? The life of a model is a jet setting life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am so confused about this episode because they're in LA and then they go to New York and in the same episode then they go to Jamaica. This will be the first of two times that they'll go to Jamaica. I don't know what's... I don't know what fashion is going on there necessarily. Just rocks. It looks like. Just rocks. John, you had a theory about their travel schedule. My theory is that they took them to Jamaica first and then brought them back to New York. Did the, like, pre-Jamaica. They're like, everyone pretend like you don't know we went to Jamaica and then um, sent Magdalena home. Spoilers. And continued on with the season. I just can't imagine that they would pay to fly them all to New York, put them all back on an airplane and send them to Jamaica, and then fly them back to New York. She goes like a waste of money that isn't necessary. Like what we a don't have gimmick. any we don't have any confirmation of this theory one way or the other, but that does kind of make sense to me cuz like you I mean like once you get back to New York, you can just like put Magdalena back on the train to Worcester from there. Like it's a pretty quick little hop skip up the coast my only other theory is because they show the air jamaica planes so much that they were gifted those flights for free for product placement and so it was not that much of a production expense when you go to jamaica i've never been to jamaica do you when you get off the plane are there women like dancing and singing when you get off the plane i'm assuming i've never been Mm, i have been to jamaica i've been to the montego bay airport i don't remember that although i didn't fly air jamaica i don't think um, I mean, I certainly don't remember those, like, hummingbird little, like, okay, what are those called on seats? That It's, like, that little, like, flap that hangs down, and it's just, like, a little cloth flap on a seat head. What oh, is the purpose it's for, of those? It's, they, I think they, like, wash and replace them after each flight. It's, like, an oil and, like, dirt guard, I think, for, like, the back of your head. Oh, whose back of their head is that? Airplanes are so gross. We don't. Yeah, I don't want to think about like someone's like matted like mane. Before they go to Jamaica, there's a great sequence of them driving through New York, um, and it's just a lovely snapshot of what was 2003, 2004 in New York. And my favorite part is Narelle's face. It looks like she was not supposed to come back here. Something happened to her, and she is so afraid that it's going to find her here. It's amazing. She did something in like 2002 and was like, she's like on the lamb. Every oh time they gosh. enter a new location, Narelle looks so scared and it's great. By we the way, to investigate whether she was like allowed to actually leave Newport Beach. <laughs> like she had like an ankle monitor on or something. By the way, um, to, to place us in this moment, like what would have been on 2003, 2004 is like. Broadway would have been like Wicked. I didn't see any Wicked. I didn't. Uh, we did see Lion King. A lot of Lion King. I saw one Beauty and the Beast ad and a great advertisement for the film Troy. But I, the Lion King ad was so surprising to me because I'm I'm shocked that it wasn't a show that was somehow owned by Viacom. 
Yeah, and that you were just allowed to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Also in the car, they're talking about Kelly, white girl with a really good tan, Jacob. Um, Her words. (laughs) Her words. (laughs) Not next. (laughs) Her words. (laughs) And, And Yaya trying to come from a respecto place <laughs> yeah. saying like it's just who she is <laughs> i know this was some like and then the girl saying well, well it shouldn't be who he is who she is <laughs> this is another really interesting conversation about what it means to be black that this show is fully incapable of having yeah and handles quite badly um i also thought that leah's shirt was handled badly because it said me so corny and that was <laughs> in- in- unforgivable <laughs> but also true did yeah. Julie Titus manufacture that or what? <laughs> um, so, oh yeah, can we talk about Anne's plain behavior? Oh, oh yeah, this, I couldn't tell fire. if this was Julie Titus manufactured, like produced. It was weird. So Anne is fully in love with Eva at this point. Um, they're gonna get married. It's gonna be beautiful in Anne's mind, and uh, she takes the opportunity of her nervous flying to like cuddle her head into Eva's lap, which is a move I respect to try to get closer to your woman, but also is super, super weird. Yeah. Eva did not seem like she wanted to be woken up either. Like, she never took her sunglasses off and was just like, come on, baby. Like, that's okay. Like, <laughs> does that count as this podcast ASMR mo- <laughs> Eva's mumbles. Um, yeah, she's like, Eva, I need you. Mama, mama, I need you. Um, I really also like the Jamaican stock footage and like the Sebastian the Crab music we got when we landed in Jamaica. Um, and then we are introduced for the first time on this show to Matthew Anderson, who's from Drag Race too, and many other things. Yeah, legend icon. Yeah, he was Rue's makeup artist for a long time. And then Danilo, the hair guy, who popped up on my Instagram feed this right. morning because I followed Diana Silvers from Booksmart and Ma on Instagram, and Danilo is doing her beautiful hair now. So hi, Diana. <laughs> Listen, baby girl. <laughs> um, what is the challenge? Oh yeah, it's just a swimsuit on the rocks photo, which, I mean, really, these could have been rocks in Seagate, New York. You know what I mean? <laughs> They could have driven out to Montauk to do this. <laughs> but like, they would have had to listen to Kelly tell them all about it. Yeah. Oh, that's Christie's auction house. That was Kelly's tour of New York. There's Christie's auction house. <laughs> I would house. absolutely do, like, the Kelly Jacob tour of, like, Westchester and Long Island, like, in the back of, like, a Tesla or something. <laughs> Um, the strange thing about the format of this episode is that they're going to do this photo shoot, send someone home, and then with zero new input, challenge, photo shoot, anything, send someone else home yeah. later. It was weird. They should have just done a double elimination, like, at the, like, either in New York or in Jamaica. Yes. Um, especially if you're going to bring all the girls back to New York anyway. Like, I, I mean, in accordance to our theory, or even not accordance to our theory. Christy's MAGA ass is in a camo bathing suit, and that's not fun for me. Nothing about Christy is fun for me. No. That's a good picture. She does produce a good photo. Yeah. <laughs> she is pretty like her mouth and nose like she kind of looks like ellie golding a little bit where she's always kind of going like like opening like she can't fully close her mouth it seems like and i kind of wish she would but like (laughs) um 
a lot of the bathing suits are just bad. Like, yeah. just not styled weird. I don't know if fashion existed at this time. No. But Yaya's is really pretty. Yeah, Yaya's is... Yaya, they also, like, make a point to call out that she is... She, like, 60% of her film or something is, like, perfect. Um, she also has the best bathing suit, though. I thought that, like, black and gold thing was like leagues better than like jennifer wearing like a fire blanket as a cape like in her photo and like eva's in like a fur coat like yeah, on the i rocks. don't know where they're getting these fur props in jamaica like yeah a, like a tent bat or something i'd produce those i don't, I don't <laughs> a know tent bat? what's a tent bat <laughs> it's those little like cotton bats that hide in palm trees in like the little palm leaves you have to kill like a million of those to make a coat. <laughs> They're oh, so no. cute. All those little bats. They're so cute. Um, in addition to no good shoes in this time of our life, there are no good sunglasses in this episode. There are a lot of like really egregiously terrible sunglasses yeah. on people's faces as they're waiting to take their photos. I'm specifically going to call out Anne Marks for those like pink ones that like she wears constantly on this show. It makes her look like Martin Scorsese. Like, it's such an, like, big, chunky, like, I don't know, very geriatric to me. They're not good. You've confused her, like, three different names, though, by the way. I think she's going by Anne Markley at this point. She's going by Annalena Markley. No, it's Anne Markley, then... Oh, Anne Markley. Annalena Marks is her current name. Annalena Marks is her current name. Oh, and Karl Marx is her future name. <laughs> Social Miss, Miss Karl Marx. <laughs> She's not a good model. I just feel like I have to say that right away. Like, Eva and Anne's final two lesbian love is so doomed because Anne is not good. Yeah, I think she does have, like, what it... Like, she has a very symmetrical face, but, like, she just doesn't really know how to, like, utilize her assets i guess but i mean nick you said during the episode that she thought you thought she was the prettiest girl there there's a difference between being the prettiest girl and having a crush on someone okay Mm -hmm. no i mean (laughs) i think i think eva is obviously the standout you you, for sure yeah it's a marina del rey thing i would put amanda up there too oh sure i think especially after her makeover yeah one of the best makeovers in history of the show yeah a very good decision on tyra's part um not a great decision is tyra skyping into jamaica oh, like on amazing. a on a conference call she's sitting in bed she's wearing a bathrobe it's her not hair her is her... just down beautifully around her shoulders was it her bedroom though it looked like a hotel it was bedroom. a hotel like did they just rent out a hotel for filming like this one thing there's no way to know yeah i'm assuming it's not her it is a shock to see on this show like them like scrolling through like jpeg files or whatever like they're named like like fresh off like the camera roll or whatever it seems like really low tech almost like digital photography has come a long way yeah it is (laughs) not a super new thing do you think the camera these days names the photos for you like it would be nice like i mean i don't want my looking iPhone. good miss marks like, <laughs> like my iphone the other day created an album of like it was called photos of you and it was all these like awful like joke selfies i took and like i truly do not have a chin in a single one and i wanted to throw my iphone in the la river like it was so awful um i the weirdest part of the skype session for me was like her shutting down the computer 
tucking into bed and turning off the light, like pretending to go to sleep. It's like, okay, bye guys, and good night. It's great. <laughs> but the camera's still in there. <laughs> they watch her sleep every night. So the next morning, they're at breakfast. And they get the envelope. One of the girls will be eliminated on the spot. Um, it's, it's Magdalena who doesn't <laughs> even finish her food before getting up and leaving. I thought, so good. I laughed and laughed and laughed. She's like, I guess I have to go right away. Right. And now. she like gets up and starts to leave and then everyone like takes a second me like, do I want to finish my eggs? No, I should say goodbye to her real quick. <laughs> I, she left that full continental breakfast behind. <laughs> She isn't up to anything. I don't... There, there's nothing to say about her. I thought she looked like Rosario Dawson, but y'all thought she looked more like Cory Booker, which oh, no. is so wrong. We took a page from Janice and saying that. <laughs> it is wrong, and we apologize. She's but... a beautiful girl. Yeah, I she is she gorgeous. I hope she was able limbs. to go back to nursing school and get her internship that she... That was the only storyline they gave her, and it was fairly clear from her photo shoot yeah. that she wasn't popping and she wasn't long for this world. But, like, to be fair, no one was popping in this, and I think they just had to, like, cut someone here, like, um, and, like, I mean, there are two girls in this episode who very clearly, like, did bad photos and weren't giving you storylines, yeah. so, like, they kind they of were, like, the obvious, <laughs> the obvious, um, cuts here. Okay, you guys, Kelly is wearing those earrings with the, like, rhino tusks okay like yeah. her poacher ass what the hell <laughs> like i knew she was white the i knew seagate it elephants the seagate elephants the coney island elephants dude i'm telling you she like that them jester the, the uh where you throw the ball at the like you know the the thing where you win the elephants like the stuffed elephants <laughs> you cut off their tusks <laughs> so awful. it was the tight roping elephant you guys. oh so bad she wears these earrings a lot because she wants everyone to know that she's a poacher. <laughs> One thing I did not remember from this episode is that they live in the Waldorf Astoria Hotel, which is like a very fancy hotel in New York. Very, very prominent. In noted what... noted hotel. <laughs> no, 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 noted fashion hotel. Um, I thought this. I think this is like one of their tackier apartments. It's appallingly tacky. Yeah, I loved. Amanda politely describing this hotel as, or the room as a gorgeous collection of worldly travels. <laughs> Amanda's giving the producers what they need yeah. to do, and she's dependable. There is some drama before they even get in the house because Anne needs her lesbian life partner, Eva, in her room. Oh, yeah. And tells everyone that they will be rooming together, and uh, no one says anything in affirmation. Not even Eva. By the way, Anne is the first to bring Crocs to the forefront. Like, she's wearing Crocs before anybody was. And they're they're up in the limo with her Jamaica hat and her Jamaica quarters. (laughs) It's easily the most important thing she does all season. Right. Yeah. Eva is more interested in exploring the house and finding a wig than she is in finding a bed. They don't have a bed in the same room. Anne freaks out. Eva doesn't care. It's delightful. They do have, like, this really bananas makeup talk the next morning, though. Like, Anne is in, like, a shredded flamenco dancer outfit no. for some reason. Anne, Anne woke up in a Patricia Field trucker hat. <laughs> did yeah, you see? I did. <laughs> that was kind of chic, though. <laughs> I love Patricia Field. Um, the worst line from the 
and Eva talk was easily like, you're going to be in my wedding. <laughs> it was distressing. It sounded like a threat. <laughs> There's one moment in the casting episode where you see a picture of Anne with her mother. And I think this explains everything about Anne because just this one shot of Anne's mother. Anne's mother is a nightmare. You yeah. can just tell. You can tell she has never been there for her, but also like demanded she always had a presence in her life. It's just, I feel really bad for Anne for that relationship and I think it explains all of Anne's nonsense. We haven't even touched on that Anne is like a college athlete and like a six time all American which I think is a high school that I think that's a high school like it's in college. Oh, or, oh is it? Okay. Yeah. So like I mean she's like maybe like growing up in that environment where you're like constantly pressured to like succeed 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 and like you need that validation from like coaches and like all Was that she stuff. she a swimmer? Like, she was a swimmer and she quit because she stopped winning. That's right. Wow. And but but what a change. She's now telling Eva, I want you to win this more than I want me to win this competition. Because she wins the things for her mother. I'm telling you, this yeah, is a yeah. really fraught relationship. Wow. Yeah. I can't That's wait the for the psychoanalysis memoir. you come to Smize Queens for. From <laughs> <laughs> um, um, one picture of Anne and her mom. By the way, I think the only time Nicole uh, speaks this entire episode is to break down like the math of splitting the beds. And we need a mathematician. We need a mathematician. A Minot mathematician. <laughs> um, so going to the judging panel, we have... No, no. Oh, wait, no. no. We, do we, we skipped over something. There's yes. so much that happened. Yes. Well, they're ta- like Tara comes in and she's talking about their features and Yaya, of course, is going on about the skin. And then Kelly says she has monkey mouth. <gasps> she can, And that she can look really primitive. Not good. It's unfortunate. That I, is some self-hating. I love the whole setup of this moment where Tyra walks in and is like, so why don't you all tell me what you hate about yourself? It's great. It's she does Tyra like for me. season. I, uh, I adore it. Um, but yes, this whole primitive conversation, it is, I think, completely accidental. Just happens to really conveniently fit in with this not well done story about blackness we're telling in this episode. Yeah. I am a little bit apologetic for Kelly here. I don't think she meant to I, go there. I don't think so either. I do think that saying primitive, you are just like digging like a caldera in the ground beneath Oof. you. <laughs> she she like, was like the, the, the predecessor for treasure from Dr. Phil. Self-hating treasure. Oh, her. Ooh, that, <laughs> that girl who was like, I don't She's like, I don't like other black people like that girl. Yes. I don't know her name was Treasure. Her name is Treasure. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's like a four part YouTube series. Like take a That girl is sick, sick, sick. Yeah. Like she's so far removed that she doesn't even understand the impact of what she's saying. Yeah. Yes. Um It's really hard to be rich, guys. She she's she feels like an outcast. Her her wealth makes her an outcast. And she's like she says, like, people ask what kind of pants I'm wearing, and they're Gucci, and I can't help that. <laughs> Takara does really win me over by just, they're all talking about Kelly behind her back, and Takara's like, I'm gonna go make good television, just tell her we all hate her. Which she basically does, leading to the great, they're Gucci, and I can't help it moment. But nothing is solved here. No. I mean, Kelly, like, does not seem like she's, like, fully capable of personal growth, but she's also, like, 19 or something. Like, she's pretty young, like... She's confronted with, like, a group of girls that are so different from, like, the way that she's grown up, necessarily. Like, it's going to cause some sort of inherent conflict, and, like, I don't know, no one's going to grow in a day from this, necessarily. Right. Amanda does try to take her side and comfort her, and says in a talking head, I'm just a mama, which I really (laughs) enjoyed. She comforts her with that, like, did you notice on Amanda's bed there's a pillow with Amanda's face 
Oh yeah, no, but I love it. <laughs> I'm it's all like about embroidered Amanda. into Amanda's pillow. Um, I think I I'm going to call right now that like Mini Nole Marin's dog Minnie should be sitting on the Amanda face pillow. Yeah, <laughs> if they were good reality TV producers, that would be amazing. Or or or. I, I do not call for a pillow with Noli Marin's face on it. God, I fucking hate him. I and like I've said it before, and I will say it again. I, I would never wish ill on an animal, never once. But I hate Minnie as a dog. Like I think. So you do wish ill on an animal. I I'm not wishing ill. I'm just like. I'm casting negative aspersions on this animal. I think she is a bad dog, and I think her owner is a bad rude man and i'm so sad on this panel yeah i wish they brought back eric nicholson i'm so sad should we talk about the photos let's talk about the photos they're all kind of bad (laughs) it's not a good crop no there are some standouts though i think it's really hard to stand with no kind of set around you just standing front and center and like make something of it especially as your first challenge to like and i think most of them were boring more than they were actively bad yeah because like you're asking them to do a lot right off the bat like there you have no props no like it's just you front and center standing like i mean heels on those like craggy rocks like also seem that seems like hard like you can't really focus like on actually like modeling and i mean that's not even getting into like these girls are not models (laughs) like they're amateurs that are just here to like take pictures but i thought there were some good ones so like i mean yaya as we talked about is excellent yeah yeah looks yaya looks great yes i really liked nicole's i loved nicole i think nicole's was my top photo this week wait a minute mr postman she looks like she's carrying like a messenger bag yeah i kind of liked it i she has the intense pinky she does have the intense pinky but a la think... Annalie tipton in the like and the 60s LA disaster the, photo yeah. shoot where she's the wind and she has the like little pinky which I love. Also before like while we're on that this subject, is our pl- this is our plug. Um please go to Nick's Instagram at nick2bomb and see his uh like photo series that compares the Lana Del Rey doing time video to the cycle 10 photo Cycle shoot. 11. Cycle Is it cycle? 11? Yeah. Oh yeah, it is cycle 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with the disasters. It's really good and very, very well researched. <laughs> it's my it's my shining moment. It's the only like story that I have saved to my profile. Um who else was good? Oh, I love Julie's. I also loved Julie's. It's like weird styling that's a little like, okay, we get it. She is a person of color, but like she her pose is like weird but really captivating to me. I think she looks so good. I agree with her. She, like she would agree with me in saying it's a bad photo. She looks like a, a like a pigeon. Like she, she looks like, like a pigeon, like a but California it's quail, like a Galapagos goon. I I think she I I think she looks so weird in this. Yeah. My top photos are Yaya, which we said, and then like I love Christie's as well. I also love Yeah, Christie was good. Suit. It's a beautiful photograph. I forgot she was a Republican. Yeah, I mean, for like, just for that, she just makes that it, she's so pretty. She makes you forget. Um, I liked Takara's photo too. Like, I know Nick, you hate the like I taco hate back. The taco back. I yeah. thought Takara's was like one of the worst 
three photos for me. I think um, I thought her face was really great, and then the rest of it is. See, I thought it was the exact opposite. Like, the face was kind of just there, and the body was good, but there... Janice is, like, back on her bullshit for, like, saying the cat... Like, as Nick said earlier, Cassie is two months pregnant. It's, like, a really bad way to give an actual constructive note, which is that you are contorting your body in a way that makes you look bigger than you are. Yeah. But she says it horribly, and I don't think, no, she is saying it to someone who struggles with this. And, like, her saying that Kelly has an arm penis, too, like, in a similar vein, is, like, not... Like, it's you can just say, like, don't crouch. I don't think she's ever seen a penis. That's not what they look like. No. It looked... That, that was... Kelly made the elephant trunk of her elephant tusk earrings. <laughs> Kelly's photo might have been my least favorite. I thought the pose was bad. I thought her face was dead. Her skin's great, but other than that, I thought it was a not good photo. I I agree. I don't know how she avoided the bottom two for this. The actual bottom two we got were Anne and Leah. And Anne's... Like, this show... Like, this show does single out bad, boring photos a lot. Like, I don't think there's anything, like egregiously awful about this but it is like stiff vacant and weird like i w- it's not like it's so dull i do yeah. think that both of, both of these girls end up in the bottom because of how they were on set more than the photos themselves i don't think they are the two worst photos right. but they were the two most difficult in session yeah that's that's right and mind you when they're both walking up for the final judging the Lost City Lanes bowling music from Neopets is playing again. I just want to point that out. And then Anne's Let's Vote Tank with the, like, PC tool skirt that looks, like, out of someone's production of Midsummer's Night's Dream. I think that Titania. Let's Vote, that let's vote like, Tank saved her. She's like, let's vote for Bush. Let's, let's vote for Anne. <laughs> let's vote Anne in. Um, Leah's photo is actually kind of awful, though, I think. Like, yeah. It looks like a Willa Ford album cover. And I didn't hate it as much as really. other people did. I thought her body was really captivating. Oh, she was really yeah. strong. Her face was dull and Like, you place. couldn't see. It was, like, fully, like, exorcist twisted back looking to the horizon. Like, yeah. Like, you, you can't be a model and, like, not sell face, really. And I never agree with anything Nigel Barker says, except that he says to her that, like, the most interesting thing about her body is her, like, her face is really captivating and she hid it away. And yeah. it was a bad choice. I hate Nigel Barker. Really? Really? I hate him. Wow. Wow. Speak on that, please. He is, like, every... He's, like, why I hate men. Like, he he talks to these women. He, like, everyone objectifies them. But his objectifying seems like he's not even aware he's doing it. Like, when Janice Dickinson, like, tells someone that they look like they're two months pregnant, she's fully aware that she is, like, being a little mean. She's, like... But he just says it like he's being nice, but he doesn't realize that he's, like commenting on them and their bodies in a way that is like deeply distressing for the same way it's distressing to me that he has the book about like beauty standards and like the mathematics of beauty i found that troubling coming from him um so maybe i can offer you leah darrow's own book on great defying beauty standards (laughs) which she came out with by the way good for her As as an alternative i think she yeah she probably um just positioned herself against Nigel in that way, which, go girl. I love a book queen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we love a literacy, <laughs> literacy girl. Um, so one of the other comment 
I want to single out uh, when they're talking about Jennifer's photo, which I absolutely do not remember besides like the fire blanket. I actually really like Jennifer's photo. I, you won't catch me saying that ever again. But I, did like this. <laughs> I did write down pretty. I, I don't remember the picture at all. <laughs> oh, I kicked myself. Um, Janice says the picture is not pow, but not a dog, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. I will admit, like, Janice is so much meaner than she has any right to be, but, like, the fact that she is, like, a woman who had to deal with this her whole career, I give her so much latitude for being the monster she is. Yeah. What is her fixation on dogs between Takara's hounds <laughs> and Jawoof and Jawoof? <laughs> Dog imagery. <laughs> I like, like calling Jaw Wolf dog imagery. Like feels very loose somehow. Like we don't know what that could be. Um, but Leo, get, oh, Leo, Leah gets sent home for being boring. Like, yeah, and that I mean that just is what happens on the show. You get sent home for being boring, and I think Anne's photo was actually worse. But I think that Anne was better television, mm. and I am fine with this decision. Well, I think Kelly's was worse than like both of those by a country mile, Same. a Seagate mile, and it like is she there like Kelly will just stick around here and like it's it, it's bad. I don't support this at all. Like I don't know. Um, Leah is not up to anything these days. Besides, she has that book out mm-hmm. that Nigel Barker competitor. And Which you can buy on Amazon for 29 cents hard 29 copy, cents. 19 cents paperback, and 9 cents on your Kindle. Can't wait. Um, <laughs> she has a big following on Instagram, it looks like, but I think it's like she promotes Catholic... Like, it's not for modeling. It's for Catholicism. It's for, yeah, right, right, right. Catholic model Leah Darrow. <laughs> Um, should we go to the next episode? Yeah. Right off the bat, we're hit with something that... It, the, it's, it's, it is the best moment I have ever seen on real... Like, this... I, I don't have... It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, after... Well, this... So, after Amanda calls her son Elijah Jawoof, we're, we're... You guys were desperately trying to figure out what this means. She says, I think... Elijah is my light. He's my Jawoof. <laughs> He's a magical child. He was conceived to the hour on September 11th. You can... <laughs> we had to pause and like shriek for like two full minutes. You can take the girl out of Jamaica, but you can't take the Jamaica out of the girl with the Jawoof thing. But, <laughs> but, but she was so proud that he was conceived to the hour. Think about it. To the hour on September 11th. And mind this was you... Just in like what like 8 a.m. morning rush hour like yeah i don't know what i don't know who's conceiving at that who's fucking at that hour yeah it's it's just like the way she says it is so there is pride in it there is deep pride and i think that goes to him being a magical child and that i guess he has like the souls of all of these lost people inside him but like it is amazing. It's right at the beginning of the episode. Definitely watch it. It will heal you. Yeah, I was I was fully healed. It also like I mean we have like eighteen years of distance from this now, and I mean this episode itself will come out I believe the day after nine eleven if we schedule it in twenty nineteen. In yes. twenty nineteen, <laughs> never forget, never forget. <laughs> like released to the day on 
September 11th. Um, but, but, like, she said this, like, insane comment about the conception of her son, like, two or three years after the, t- the towers fell. Like, there is recency here in, like, I don't know, like, what the discourse was like around this in, like... October 20, 2004 whenever this came out but that is an exceedingly like weird comment to make like in that political climate too it's amazing <laughs> Amanda is amazing so it's this is the makeover episode which we always love real like love 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 talking about um Mr. Jason a kilt yep a, like a leather kilt Sin after sin after sin. Yeah, he's going to hell. <laughs> this is also notably the first CoverGirl season that they have, um, like, the makeup sponsor. Because last season was Sephora, and I don't remember what cycle one was. Um, and that's kind of fun. Like, this, like, the CoverGirl, like, we feel like we're really, like, settling into, like, right. the groove of what this show is. Like, CoverGirl commercials are such an important fabric of top like what makes top model top model and i'm just happy that we're here so the makeovers the makeovers there are so many that sound like good ideas until we see them and then so many that sound like good ideas that are actually really good ideas yeah um i mean it's a it's a damn good idea to take narelle's braces off i don't know how like viable like i i mean she she was supposed to get them off sometime soon but like that's an expensive set of like like braces are $7,500 I mean, I'd like to believe that whatever orthodontist did this did this only thinking that they were ready to come off yeah if production lied to that orthodontist and told them oh yeah like she 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 can have them off next week like it and it, but like it seemed like she wasn't that close to having them off her like, teeth look good yeah they look fine she has kind of a weak jaw so like you can't really like I don't know. It just doesn't look like that fucked up. Like I thought it was fine. She also gets a great makeover too, though. Yeah, like, I that, think like choppy, like serves Natalie and Bruglia cuts like really good. It's That's great. a good way to describe it. Yeah. Um, and then Yaya, we have she's the other that like they'll they'll take her outside to consult the dermatologist for her skin, um, and then she just gets um, the braids out. Yeah. She looks great. She looks I great. Loved it. The relationship this show has with Yaya's skin is so weird in the year of our Lord 2019, just because like every retouching thing, it's like available on your phone. So somebody like this just would not be an issue for any yeah. model in this time. Um, not even to speak of how readily available and popular skincare is right now. Um, but they are obsessed with it. And like unless they are close on her, you can't even see that her skin has a blemish on it. Well, they'll make sure you can because then the photo shoot is like, we're going to photo shoot you without makeup and then show the unretouched version. I take so much issue with this show's treatment of retouching as some like extremely cost prohibitive activity. Like, I mean, if you look at on our Instagram feeds, like Nick makes these deranged photoshops of um, contestants, like, like photoshopping like our faces over like the contestants and stuff. And like, he doesn't do that for for money and they look pretty good (laughs) yeah like i cannot imagine that like just smoothing someone's skin out like when face tuning technology has been around for ages like is that 
expensive. It was a different time, but I don't know if it was that different. I'm imagining Yaya with like a little like face app smile (laughs) put on her. Anyway, another bad idea is Nicole's um, red. So usually this trope is called the fire engine red shortcut. This season they're calling it the I love Lucy red. Which it's not. No, I mean it is like tomato like like fresh off the vine when she said i love lucy red i was excited i liked the idea of nicole being a redhead i just didn't think it was gonna look this fake because i'd forgotten all the times tyra had hurt me in the past well they use like full manic panic like bad dye on this the cut is really nice especially how she styles it later in the episode but i think it's only good up like i never like it when they make like they give it like the Kate Gosselin or whatever, like that like one swoopy bang like down in front of like your eyes or whatever. I think it's so aging as a haircut. I think she looks like Sharon Osbourne. Yeah, that's that's a better comparison. Um, I guess I just like Sharon Osbourne. <laughs> I like Sharon Osbourne too, but I just don't like. I don't it, know. It's that a good idea on paper, but like definitely not like executed. The good at news all. is it doesn't slow her down, which we will get to. No. The other makeover that I found pretty bad is Anne's chunky highlights. Yes. It unnecessary, even. yeah. Like it doesn't make her more interesting. It doesn't make it just looks not good. It's also very dated too. Like I mean, all those like rock chicks in like two thousand four. Like you're like Avril's. You're like Stacy Arico's. You're Michelle Branches. Like they all had that like kind of hex girls chunky like streak, and like it's not a look that really works for everyone. And Anne's are placed so weirdly towards like the front of her head that like it makes her face look wider because she has like these like light blonde things like they're like French doors. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of makeovers that are just fully boring like they're just not that exciting yeah. julie gets a blowout i think takara gets like slightly more length but it's barely noticeable cassie i guess got bangs but i didn't even realize yeah or wait or no christy, christy got bangs. bangs someone got bangs it, there, there were a lot that just were not exceptional i thought cassie's makeover they don't do much with her but they put in like two tracks to make her hair look full and i think that's a good look on her they all look great. It's just not a big transformation. The biggest transformation, though, is Amanda. And it's great. Yeah. It's so unbelievable. Like, I think it's, like, one of my all-time favorite makeovers. Like, it suits her so well. It sets off her eyes, like, gorgeously. God is a woman. <laughs> God is a woman. And it's Amanda Swab- Swaffer. <laughs> it's hard to pull off that, like, platinum blonde. First of all kudos to her hair for being able to evenly go that color second of all like it looks really good and it transforms her yeah like she has like immediately turns from like mama bear to like diva bear like right afterwards i love it polar bear polar bear i mean the other other big transformation is jennifer cutting all of that huge hair she, but she calls her security blanket, and I mean, it Quite looks literally. like a heavy blanket. <laughs> it's down. When it's down, it looks like that fire blanket from Jamaica. Well, she gets it snipped and then donated to Locks of Love, and she's, I guess, happy about yeah. that. It's a, it's really good. Like it completely makes her face look different too. Like. 
Because when you have that much hair initially, all you can do is kind of just like let it hang. But yeah, like put have... the fur in Jennifer. <laughs> P-H-E-R. P-H-E-R. <laughs> just not acceptable. She looks yeah. great, um, but she her attitude about it is so bad, and I don't understand why. Like, I'm... I just can't imagine being that attached to, like, my hair like that. But I, like, say that every season, though. Like, someone always, like, goes, like, full breakdown about it. But Eva also reacts very strongly to what is not a particularly dramatic haircut. I think the color looks great. Um, And her hair did look kind of, like... I mean, she likes styling it, like, really messy on top and... Like, I think, I don't know. Like, it's, like, I like seeing, like, a hairstylist actually do something with it. Yeah, it feels more like they helped her style it better than they did actually change her hair. Speaking of short-haired queens, we are introduced to a woman named Kiara Kabakuru. (laughs) Cover girl Kiara Kabakuru. Who I did some background research on. She is most notable. I mean, she was, like, a very good working model from, like, 1996 to 2000. A year in which she was run over by a semi-truck in New York Fashion Week. She lived. She lived, and we see her alive on this cycle four years later. Looking great. Um, But she doesn't really... Like, she didn't, like, start modeling again until 2013. Um, Oh. And even then, I don't think she's, like, done a lot of stuff since then. But she's also most notable for being Giselle Bunchen's best friend. Which is kind of a fun little tidbit. Uh, um, Kiara getting... Run over by a semi-truck at Fashion Week is giving me, like, April Wilkner being hit by a car with her contract in hand (laughs) from last season. Like, two queens run over and they're struck down in their prime (laughs) by vehicular model slaughter. Um, Mr. J's wearing a really bad jacket again. Like, it's like a... He's not wearing a shirt and it's like this, like, white beige jacket with a mother of pearl, like, scalloped hemline and he looked like a gay king triton um <laughs> so oh wait do we want to talk about the anon john party is this what the challenge was right yeah. i think it's a fun challenge they are given like 10 minutes to drive across town in a limo and get ready i am shocked that they had good sound inside that limo yeah. kudos to production for that it's like a fun enough challenge to watch they get out and like I guess there's a winner, but why she was the best, I couldn't tell you. I think I didn't think Norelle looked any different than she did, like, getting on that bus. Um, she wins, and then she takes Eva... Or, she takes Eva, Eva, Anne, and Eva. Christy or Cassie. Christy. Wait, yeah, I was, Christy. but I, I had to rethink that one, because she says that she picked them because she was in a room with all of them. So Eva and Anne did end up in the same room. Yeah. I'm assuming that after Leah left... Eva oh, moved into her oh bed. that's a good point. Because yeah, Eva point. ended up on one random bed in the middle of nowhere. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. That could have Math Wiz Nicole yeah. told us this. <laughs> right. Yeah. She was in the living room. <laughs> Four times three plus uh, one. AB Calc. Um, the rest so, of the girls have to be waiters at the party. Yeah. They seem to spend a lot of time schmoozing with people anyway. Everyone at this party is super weird. I think there was yeah. a lot of cocaine. It and Diet Coke. And Diet Coke. Diet Coke, Diet Coke, Coke and Diet Coke for Cassie, who is fixated on that. And they're ta- they they bring up Diet Coke at the table after she's kind of picking around some spinach as if to say that, like, drinking a lot of Diet Coke is, like, 
a sign of an eating disorder because it, it's diet. Well, it's it weird. is actually because it's a diuretic. So like, oh gosh, I, yeah, I did not know that. I <laughs> yeah, no, it's like like mo- like some models like with problems will drink a lot of coffee as like kind of like a stimulant like that. I think people um, also tend to replace whatever habit they're trying to break with Diet Coke. It's like a really common thing that sober people do. Yeah. Um, and it's probably, if she was at some point bulimic, which by the way, she's clearly not bulimic in this. Um, it It's an obvious thing that she might be replacing binging with. Mm-hmm. Coke. Coke, or Diet Coke. Um, we also but, get a little like through line of Julie Titus talking about her like South Asian heritage. I really respect Julie, like, making that her storyline, like, being unafraid to be like, yes, this is particular to me, and being passionate about that, because it's true that we don't see a lot of no. South Asian models. And connecting to Anand John in that way, just of being in the industry and making his mark. Um, yeah, he hosts this party, and then there's a dancer, and Julie gets down, and it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. So she then, does a great job of, even if she is a waiter at the party, making sure she makes the connection yeah. she wants to make. Good for her. It's kind of a shame what happens in the photo shoot. And so the challenge at the photo shoot is a no-makeup photo shoot that somehow you're modeling Nivea hand cream. Like, you can see hand cream, like, in the photo. I feel like they should have put, like, a little dollop, like just on their hands so they were like look at this cream it's a beauty shot with something on top of it and the whole thing is really a trick for the judges panel which we'll get to yeah so yaya's freaking out though because like yaya's skin is another like thread throughout this episode like with the dermatologist visit and everything and she's like not sure she can overcome her like bumpies (laughs) (laughs) my skin is flawless and you look really lumpy (laughs) Um, so Cassie tells Amanda she is bulimic. I think Cassie tells Amanda bulimic. she was bulimic. Yeah. So, like, one of the things that really frustrates me, this is, like, a very irresponsible segment. Because, A, bulimia is not, sometimes I throw up after I eat. Bulimia is, like, the specific binge-purge cycle, yeah. which Cassie, I think, had in the past and is clearly not doing now. She may be suffering with anorexia now, yeah. but there's just a lot of, like, irresponsible language around eating disorders here. Um, if I heard right, she was saying that she's like choosy about what she purges. Like, She's probably anorexic at this point. I don't want to diagnose her. She's but like, I don't do it every time I eat. Just, just it depends on. And she like, <laughs> and I was like eat okay. the spinach at the restaurant too. Like she pa- passes it off on someone else's plate. Like, I, I don't know why they showed her in the bathroom for 40 minutes or something. Like whatever they were talking right. about. And then they go into smell if it smells like vomit and they don't like fully confirm where one way or the other like jennifer sent in as like a scout a furl scout and she doesn't really have any conclusive evidence she's clearly not binging is the big point and also everyone's discussion about this centers so much around like is this gonna get her kicked out of the competition and not like i am concerned about this woman's health and it's deeply distressing so amanda like i mean then, like, the backlash turns to Amanda for, like, spreading the secret. And that, like, charge is kind of headed up by, like, Eva and Cassie. And, like, John, you pointed out earlier that, like, this is kind of hypocritical of Eva after, like, going after Amy for this. Not great. Um, it's, like, a very weird way to handle this whole issue. Made even worse when they get back to the house and Cassie, like, announces to everyone. And what I think is a, like 
oh crap, I didn't realize this could possibly be on camera. Like, I don't have an eating disorder right now. Stay out of it. But yeah. all it really does is make it seem like she really has a problem she needs to work through. And yeah. I hope she did. She has a will to be skinny, in her <sighs> own words. It's sad. Once again, another person who has a problem they need to work out is Jamie Annual, who is wearing the worst of his outfits this episode. Real quick, I do want to jump back to when Amanda calls her mom because she's feeling guilty about telling Charlotte's secret. Her mom says, just try to stay out of all that crapola. And it's (laughs) great. But also this Jamie Annual top is a nightmare. It looks like when you put down like a gel keyboard cover to like on the pads or whatever, but it doesn't look like a Roman alphabet necessarily. It looks like it's like a Sanskrit alphabet like or something. Like a Klingon kind of like weird like yeah blah. yeah. Also, every time he's wearing anything vaguely see through, it feels like there's a filter on the, top of it. Yeah, like to me, this looks like a dance costume. Like I mean, like the he's in like the Lion King touring production as like a dancer in the elephant graveyard or something. Like it was, like <laughs> it just like sheer doesn't read on TV well. Like, it looks holographic. Like, Aztec decals. No, no, no. (laughs) He's there to give them this challenge, another, yet another CoverGirl challenge. We're really earning that thing where they have to go back into the house and paint their face half day, half night. And this was the first I realized that the panel is inside their house. Is it always that way? Oh, I didn't know it was inside the house. They, like, leave the panel and they are right there running into their house and then they come right back. I didn't notice that. That's a good spot. So how much of their Waldorf Astoria are they renting to film this show? I'm assuming like, it's the floor, but I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I didn't think any of this makeup looked, like, special. Also, if you're going to do half and half face, I want it to be really dramatic, and no one looked that yeah, dramatic. Yeah, it just looked like everyone had a full face of makeup. Um, I don't always love beauty shots on this show, but, like, I mean, I think most of these actually turned out, like, really well. I agree. The actual, like, taking the beauty shot part of this challenge, I really enjoyed, and I thought the photographs were good. What I didn't enjoy was this surprise. We're actually showing you how much retouching you need. Not good. (laughs) But I think that, like... Them calling the girls like the more retouching you need, the more like expensive you look. Like, <laughs> like I, I'm like, damn, I'd like to be called expensive. Like, yeah, like retouch me to hell. Retouch me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I need. It is like interesting to revisit retouching. I we're having a real moment right now, thanks to people like Jamila Jamil and other like people who are beautiful but recognize that they have cellulite and they will you let you see it to like see this moment of like, how dare you have a blemish on your skin when it's like, why was this? our obsession and why does Tyra just like bring it so deeply into her show it's distressing right. to me I think this could have easily just been how was your beauty shot and honestly I feel like the way the cards fall as far as how people get called it is just how was your beauty shot yep exactly um on the top end of photos for me I I mean Amanda's is unbelievable it's like, amazing yeah that like the um makeover is like showcased so well like they have that wind machine on her they make the very astute observation that in person she looks a lot like annie lax yeah and now like if you go to her instagram these days like she has like really short cropped hair and she looks exactly like annie lennox like even more so with the haircut um 
I thought Eva's was really lovely. Yeah, Eva's great. I thought Nicole was beautiful. <laughs> soft Sharon Osbourne. Soft Sharon Osbourne. <laughs> I like a soft Sharon Osbourne. <laughs> Me too. I thought Yaya was great too. I really liked her hand placement. Um, she's doing kind of like a yin yang, like kind of like framing, like Melrose boxing joyfully a little bit, <laughs> and like it, I thought it was cute. Um, my favorite's actually Takara though. Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> Crickets in the podcast. I, mean, like, I thought I mean, it was she, fine. She looks, she's certainly putting on Nivea hand cream in this photo. That's what I, I thought she fit the criteria of the photo shoot very well. Like she made the hands very prominent, but the face was still good. The she has that, the, the Casey Frey, you're going to make me do something uh, hands. <laughs> Oh, the thing that hurt Takara for me was that we saw Amanda's picture, which was amazing, and then Nicole's picture, which was great, and then we saw her picture, and it was like, okay. Like, it wasn't bad. It just changed. Yeah. The, her placement in the lineup didn't serve her. I can see that. I mean, like, maybe, like, I'm looking at, like, the photos right now, and if you want to look at the photos with us, go to antmarchives.tumblr.com. Like, I mean, all of the top six here are really good. Like, and the first callout is Amanda and like Amanda Nicole Eva Yaya Takara and Jennifer all have like very good shots. Okay, to me, Amanda, as I'm looking at this again, kind of looks like Blake from As Told by Ginger. <laughs> <laughs> the oh like rich God. kid, the rich kid from As Told by Ginger. Oh my God, she does. Stop that. <laughs> she does have like an As Told by Ginger kind of head a little bit like yeah god it's a beautiful picture it is so good i'm like you're wrong for that one (laughs) if if it is as told by ginger then i love it i mean i think nicole's like as told by literally ginger (laughs) is good too like i mean she looks like she's holding her wig on her head a little bit and it's not a wig it's just like the color is doing her no favors what Um, was cassie's like cass Cassie's is nice, actually. Yeah, I thought it was nice. It was one of my, like, high middles. I think Narelle's is okay. It looks like she's pushing her head out of frame, though. Like, with, like, she's, like, her hand is, like, pressed to her temple, and she's, like, it's like someone that's, like, shoving her, like, like, move. Move, Van Herc. You can see that she's a little uncomfortable, which I think they call her on, and it's yeah. uh, distressing a little bit to me that she, like, can smile in photos now and doesn't seem to know how to do that. I think Anne's is boring again i have no idea why christy is this low like i think that's not a bad photo and she's like bottom three for it yeah the bottom two though uh, well let's get into it i guess like kelly's is heinous again i don't know how many times i can keep like coming up with new words it's actively bad this one i think it is by far the worst nigel says she looks like a deer in the headlights and like I mean, that's, it's quite very literally, like, deer in the headlights, like, kind of a long face, like, the glow is, like, hitting her right in her, like, eye sockets. Her like almond-shaped sockets. She has beautiful eyes, and the skin is gorgeous. Like, they, her retouching, like, though, like, Janice kept doing, like, a psycho, like, thing with her retouching, and I, like, didn't think it looked that bad. No. I... It just, she looks really lifeless and boring in the photo. And then I think Julie, like, Julie says during the photo shoot that she felt like she was doing okay, but didn't, wasn't really connected with the camera. And I think that's what you see in the photo. Like, it's okay. She's just not really, like, 
with the beauty shots, you always want that like oof moment that yeah. you get from like Amanda and Nicole and Eva and this, and you just really don't get it from Julie. That said, I don't know that I think she deserved to go home for it. She absolutely just went home because she said that she wants to work in manufacturing, as we've like joked about all episode. Well, and and by the way, this comes after her saying, "Oh, all Indians." you know, want to be doctors and, and whatnot. And here she is now saying she's going into manufacturing. There, it, it, I think uh, it's just, this yeah. whole criticism is unfair. I think she was unwise to say it, but the reality of modeling is it is not a forever job. And a lot of models have gone from being models to being other things in fashion. And if she has an interest in textile creation, I think that's great and power to her. And, but that doesn't work on the world of top model, though, in which, like, the winner is whoever is most deferential to the concept of Tyra Banks rather than, like, modeling as a career or, like, anything that ensues with that. And, like, when Julie said that she, like, had larger dreams and aspirations, she obviously had to go. Like, she could not stay. <laughs> yeah, bad thing to say to Tyra Banks in this panel of judges, not bad thought to have of your life. Ugh. We didn't even mention that... Danila was the guest judge and at one point said Danila thinks she's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> about Eva and yeah. that and then I think was it either him or Noli Marin that says Norell has every hand in her photo <laughs> <laughs> she's every woman <laughs> the way Nigel Barker talks about the retouching is uh just a further Nigel Barker's what's wrong with all men in that column um but also the way Takara's uh, when after the girls leave and they're going through the photos again, it is all about her weight. Yeah. In a way that, like, this is a photo of her face. Like, oh, gosh, who yeah. even cares? And Janice is very quick to tell us. And Danilo kind of supports her that, like, oh, the big girls. I know. Like, I think they at one point... They an attitude Jan- retouch. <laughs> Therapy. Um, at one point, Janice says that she d- hates a big girl in a couture, <laughs> which it's really crazy like as a mission statement for her um speaking of couture can we talk about kelly's galliano top so good and it was weird because i was just browsing someone's depop like um channel they're not channels you know whatever like showroom like um and they were selling that shirt though that's why i was like oh yeah like and like other shirts from that galliano collection i was like wow kelly's like actually getting like brand name when it was like current not even because that stuff's vintage now and it's like Mm -hmm. having a resurgence um she can't help it she can't help it it's cool i like i I thought it was a great shirt it was a great look and kelly's makeover is good too like the weave's a little dry but i'm sad to see julie go because like i mean she really is i think only one of two south asian contestants who makes it to like the final like 12 to 14 they did spend a lot of time this episode making you admire her in a very interesting way to then send her home for having ambition. Um, But it, uh, she was a good contestant. I am also sad to lose her. Yeah. It's a shame. So with that, we're done with the top model episodes, but we, with the dawn of a new cycle, one that is very near and dear to our hearts, we're introducing two new segments to the podcast. Hooray. Hooray. (laughs) Um, so, Nick, do you want to talk about America's Next Top Best Friend? Well, so so we're taking, I guess, a page out of Andy Cohen's book with Watch What Happens Live. We're going to have our segments, um, America's Next Top Best Friend, which highlights a great deed someone has done. Um, 
And what in, deed are we showcasing this week? In this case, it's um, something that happened uh, early August. Uh, Tyra shared an experience she had while leaving BeautyCon in LA at the Staples Center. She interrupted an amateur photo shoot gone wrong. <laughs> she literally pulled her car over. She said, she said, what else do you do but put on your supermodel hero cape, jump out of the car, grab a camera from the photographer, and start clicking when you see a photo shoot happening that is kind of going in the wrong direction. So she's simultaneously dissing this amateur photographer, and she shows the before and after picture after she has redirected the photo shoot. And it's such a funny story. What a hero. Yeah. <laughs> like, coming into like amateur photographers like shoots and just retouching 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 in her own <laughs> special way um what a benevolent goddess she is my best friend <laughs> so our other segment that we're introducing is we were all rooting for you where we take a little time to like besmirch and call out people who we think are not upholding um, ethical, moral standards, or just are being, like, absolute fucking freaks. So, this week, uh, we were all rooting for you, Naomi Campbell, um, who has had to address this week of photos that were taken of her a few years ago with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Noted Seagate resident Jeffrey Epstein. Noted, It's so, so obviously, like, we don't have to go into the Jeffrey Epstein (laughs) of this all like you guys know what's been going on with that but obviously it is so bad to have been uh seen at parties with him and multiple photographs over the course of a few years at this point um you do not want to be in conversation with people like donald trump and prince andrew and gislaan maxwell goddess of the glendale in and out um just not a good idea not a good idea she is saying that she was introduced to epstein on her 31st birthday by her then boyfriend italian businessman flavio briatore i'm getting this info from the daily beast and she says that he was always just at the victoria's secret fashion shows like watching yikes yikes um and she had only just met him at parties and were not close so freakish freakish behavior naomi um usually we will not be like pitting tyra and naomi together like this like tyra wants us to um but this week it was just too good to pass up so we can and are free to pit naomi and nicole (laughs) trunfio together from the face australia Uh, i like our patreon we Nick and I were talking about this. If we ever do a Patreon, like the Face Australia will be something we cover. I've for sure. never seen it. I really want to find yeah. out where it is online and discuss the Face Australia. Ugh. As much as I kind of take off in my direction of discussing top model Australia, um, which I I love in my own weird way. Yeah, I'll have to figure out a time to to talk on that actually yeah maybe we can do some little bonus episodes here right. and there so john where can we find you on social media uh i'm on the instagram at jxmcdonouth my last name mcdonough or uh, on twitter uh john x mcdonough john has an h in it and i'm sometimes funny in those places he is always funny in those places we love him nick where can we find you i'm at nick to bomb on instagram again plugging my um story comparing Lana's doing time music video 
very nearly with the 60s uh, LA disaster photo shoot from Cycle 11. Um, I'd also like to plug Tatiana Ali. The spelling, you know, escapes me, but she was the model in the impromptu photo shoot that Tyra took over. I'm going to have to follow her on Instagram. Um, on Twitter, I'm at Nick Fishstick with the name Long Con Silver. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and you can find me on Twitter at FKA Pigs with a Z. Um, Drew Drew the Fool is my handle right now. And you can find me on Instagram at Drew Haskins um, with Z's instead of S's. And since the last time we taped an episode, I have also started publishing some of my own like cultural writing on Substack at, um, hold on, I think it's Culture Pig. Okay, yeah. Uh, culturepig.substack.com. You can also just DM me on Instagram or Twitter if you want to subscribe, and I can add you to the list. And with that, I think we're done. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we loved having you, John. You are welcome back anytime to psychoanalyze these women. It was women. fun. I'm going to pull apart the pictures of their mothers. <laughs> um, and with that, executive producer Ken Mock. I'm a model bitch when I pump the cat's walk. They wanna follow, bitch. My load too heavy.